0: and welcome to this edition of the everyman live stream my name is jeremy and i'll be your host have you ever gone to a marathon and you see all the throngs of runners getting ready to start and then have you ever been at the finish line of a marathon and seeing everybody finishing there's one thing you see in common at both places large crowds cheering them on but what about the miles in between what about mile five or mile 10 what about mile 15 or 16 what about mile 20 where's the encouragement because honestly That is where the runners need it the most. And that isn't much different in our spiritual lives. We all need encouragement, no matter where we are at in our spiritual journey, whether we're at the beginning, at the end, or somewhere in between. And that is what Men's Expert and Pastor Kenny Luck is talking about today in session four of the Endurance series. All men need encouragement. Even the most spiritually deep men that you may know, they all need encouragement. So why don't you take a moment and encourage somebody you know by sharing this message with them right now. now. Let's go live to Crossline Church in Laguna Hills, California, as we listen to part four of the Endurance series.
1: Good morning, men. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. All right, if you have a Bible, you'll want to hold a spot in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're in part four of the Endurance series. And if, if you're joining us for the first time, Um, The big idea here is that no man fights to start a race, but every man fights to the finish. Amen? Amen. We got to fight for our finish, right? No man plans to give up. You don't start a journey with promise and go, man, midway, I'm going to give up, all right? But every man's commitment to the journey definitely will be tested. Uh, Wouldn't you agree that along the way in your journey, encouragement, encouragement, can change the, por- the course of a person's day. You ever had somebody just kind of bump into your life and they had no idea where you were at on the inside? And then they just kind of said, you know what, I see that in you or keep going or, or whatever. And it kind of changed the course of your day, could have changed the course of your week, could have changed the course of your life. I remember uh, after graduating from UCLA, I bumped into an old high school gal and um, and she said, you know, I never told you this, but you know, when we were over at so-and-so's house, and you know, I'm a couple years younger than you, and you told me how your sister encouraged you to take your SAT and, and, and get the things done that you needed to, to get done, and, and then you just kind of passed that along to me. And, and I was really doubting whether or not I could even finish college, and then she told me she got a four-year degree, and 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 went on and on. And you just never know. You just never know. But you gotta be encouraged yourself. You can't give away what you you don't possess. Amen? Amen. And so we need encouragement for the journey. And in this series, we started off in part one just just saying, hey, you know what? Bible says we need encouragement uh, for the journey. Not only do we need endurance, we need encouragement that hope is huge uh, in the journey if we're gonna have endurance. And encouragement is essential. Um, I would go as so far to say that uh, the big wheels of the future in your life hinge on the small axles of encouragement you receive now. That's big. You need to be encouraged. And that's kind of why we're here. I mean, that's why guys show up at uh, Zero Dark 30 here at Crossline Church. That's why you're watching online, all 9,000 of you. Hello? And uh, that's what we're going to talk about this morning because here's the reality discouragement works equally as powerful where you're at a crossroads and then someone comes or something comes to discourage you and you you get a power drain right and you're just like ah and then the voices come those voices how many of you know the voices I'm talking about like just why am i doing this i didn't sign up for this you know i'm not sure I I can make it, but say this with me. Earth requires encouragement. Earth requires encouragement. Yeah, because it's not heaven. (laughs) Heaven is when, you know, you're just encouraged by being there. And God is there. And there's no sin and brokenness and injustice. There aren't uninterrupted health challenges, you know. I mean, there's no... There's nothing really to discourage you. I mean, God's there. You're there. God's walking with you. You're, but earth requires encouragement. The New Testament word for encouragement is to exhort and to encourage and to comfort. And uh, the picture is strengthening. It's to call out a person. Uh, the, the modern word that we have has a French origin and it means to put in courage. Put in courage to someone. Two words, you know, and courage. And it's to put it into somebody. So when we get in courage, courage gets put into us. We get called out. We get comforted. We get strengthened in the journey. So let's take out our notes. Uh, we can turn to that Bible passage in 2 Thessalonians 2. And we're just going to start uh, at the beginning to, and, and say that if we're going to endure... We need encouragement. Bible says this. But we ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to finish it together. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teaching we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. So let's unpack that. Number one, the journey starts with salvation from God. That's encouraging. Weren't you encouraged when you got saved? I certainly was. My sins were forgiven. I had my purpose for living. I had a home in heaven. Very encouraging, all right? Then the journey continues with education by God. So we come into a relationship with God, and then God, we get to know him, we get to know his ways, we get to learn his ways. He gives us wisdom, he gives us his words, he gives us his promises, he gives us his commands, he gives us his truth, right? And we start learning his ways and we start getting educated by God himself through Jesus. But then the tests start coming. The journey then is filled with temptations to abandon God, write that down. The journey is filled with temptation to abandon God. And and we know that's true because it even happened to Jesus. And when you read Luke 4 and the temptation of Christ, and it came as subtly as this. You want to know what temptation looks like? Pressure and a suggestion to compromise. If you read Luke 4, you know, Jesus is on earth. He's, He's accomplishing his mission. He's on his way. And then pressure comes. Pressure and a suggestion. That's all it was. Very powerful. Because under pressure... Feelings and negative emotions are swirling inside. And all it takes is just a little suggestion, right? You know, hungry? Why don't you turn that stone into bread? You know, flex a little bit of that son of God muscle, you know? <laughs> Fall down and worship me, all right? I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, you know? Better than kind of being alone and by yourself and in obscurity out here in the desert, right? Right? And so all it takes is pressure and a suggestion. And then lastly, because the, this is the process, the journey starts with salvation from God. The journey continues with education by God. We just read that. We've got to hold fast to the teaching that, that gets passed on to us. And then the journey is filled with temptation to abandon God. We have to hold fast because our grip is being challenged. And then the journey requires inspiration in God. Inspiration in God. That's why the last sentence of that passage, there's just a huge howitzer of encouragement. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us what? Eternal encouragement, right? Now that's lasting, that's, that's sustainable. Eternal con- encouragement is the kind of encouragement you need and good hope. May he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. There are some of you that are listening to my voice and you you need that. You need that now, not tomorrow, not an hour from now. And you came in here and you just go, man, I I need encouragement if I'm gonna endure in my commitment to God. And so with that in mind, right, then we just gotta load up. Gotta load up on encouragement. And how do you do that? That's what we're gonna talk about the rest of our time. Number one, write this down, my encouragement comes from God's word, right? Seems pretty basic, right? My encouragement comes from God's word. Now, we read uh, in the Bible that if we're gonna endure, we need to engage God's word. Makes sense, you know, that if we're gonna, if we're gonna do this journey of faith, all right, we need fuel for the journey. And the Bible says that, This book right here, and you engaging it on a daily basis and consuming it and meditating on it, and when you see a command, obeying it, when you see a truth, believing it, when you see a promise, you're claiming it. This book right here fuels you with encouragement for the journey, right? In Romans chapter 15, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope let's finish it together may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ see how that works you gotta load up question are you loaded up on the word of God is it a part of your life or is it an accessory? Is it something that someone else talks to you about or do you actually feed on it and get fueled up and plug in and have a daily plan to just get here? See, for the man of God, if you're gonna last, all right, you gotta build your life on an eternal word, right? an eternal word. See, eternal things provide eternal encouragement for an eternal journey to eternity. But if you look to natural things to sustain your eternal journey, you're going you're to fall short, all right? My encouragement comes from God's word. Let me just camp here for, for one second, all right? This is the oxygen of the journey. I just tell you that. Like, you know, like how oxygen is in this room and it's essential for us to just kind of continue to exist? Your faith cannot exist apart. From the oxygen and encouragement of God's word. So can I just encourage you to reassess your connection to this book? When Jesus was praying for us, because he was going back to the Father, he said, sanctify them in truth. In other words, you know, make them holy, set them apart. Then he says, your word is truth. So you have to have a connection to God's word. So reassess it, Give it a higher value, perhaps, than you do. Make it a priority. Because I'll tell you, someone who's highly invested in you not assigning a high value to God's word, and it's the devil. You know, when Jesus was tempted, when there was pressure and suggestion to compromise his faith in Luke chapter 4, right? First words out of Jesus' mouth in response, it is written. You know, he had to have a word of truth to combat the other voice that was trying to pressure him into compromising his commitment to God. So my encouragement comes from God's word. Second, my encouragement comes from other believers. Have you ever noticed that the people who who influence you are the same people who believe in you? You ever notice that? The people who influence you are the same people who believe in you who just say, you got what it takes. You're going to make it. I see it. All right, Those are the people that influence you. All right, And encouragement that brings endurance in the journey must come from other believers. And that's, that's, where, that's where you can check that box right now. You're with other believers right now, and you're getting encouraged. All right, Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2, about how encouragement comes from other believers. Paul writes this. Let's read it together. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, all right? Now, I'm gonna ask you to do something really cheesy in the room, and if you're with somebody watching, I want you to look at somebody to your right or left and say, your job is to encourage me. Do it right now. <laughs> and if you're, if you're chewing food, it's okay. It's all right, I, I asked you at the wrong time. <laughs> Your job is to encourage the guy to How do you think that iron sharpening iron thing works? How, how does that work? You got to be close enough. If, I, if, you're, if you're iron sharpening iron, you got to be close enough to sharpen the blade of another man. And what do you do to kind of sharpen his blade so that he performs? You encourage him. You know, you're a man of God. You know, please the Lord. Wherever you are, do what God's word says. You know, and then you're supposed to give that back. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, it says this. I want us to read that together as well. Ready? Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and destructive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. You know, that whole, the teetering man, right, who's on earth, And he's going through adversity, delay, difficulty, trial, temptation. You know, what's going to save him from just hitting the slippery slope and cashing in? Encouragement. And you know what? For every person, just assume this. You don't even have to think really hard about it. Just assume that people are under encouraged. Amen? Totally. You know, behind every face is a drama, behind every life, you know, and and what you see is an iceberg of pressure, and family uh, tension, and marital tension, and temptation. Why? Because the world and the flesh and the devil are tempting the real person, but they're presenting the Instagram or Facebook person. Right? I mean, it's a nice life on Facebook and Instagram. You know, I have I got my Bible and I have my latte that has a pattern in it. You know, And I'm on this beach, and I have a corona, which sounds pretty good, but it's the best snapshots during a very hard existence, because Jesus said, earth is hard. All right? He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. What's he doing? He's encouraging us like to stick it out and to d- endure. That's why he's saying that. So my encouragement comes from other believers. Third, my encouragement comes from obedience. Okay, here we go. Now the rubber is hitting the road, right? You ever made a hard decision to do right by God and right by other people? And afterward, you're like, oh man, I'm glad I made that decision. Where on the backside of it, you just go, okay, in the moment, not easy. Or didn't feel like it. But afterward, you're like, man, that was the right decision. I did it, right? I helped that person. I didn't say what I wanted to say. I I dove in. I obeyed God. I didn't click on that website, right? I didn't didn't enter into sin. I went somewhere else. I gave my, my faith some feet, and I just got out of there. Man, I'm glad I did that. Cause you know at that crossroads of pressure and suggestion, right? Right. We obeyed, and you know that that was in, that encourages us, right, on the backside. But when we're in it, no encouragement. It's just pressure, and we have to have convictions, and we need to live those convictions out in the open by faith. Everybody say by faith, by, by faith. faith. Yeah, it's not by feeling. When you're under pressure and you're tempted. You're not living by feeling, because if you're living by feeling, you're going to the temptation. But if you're living by faith, you're just, without knowing in the moment, the consequence, you're choosing God. You're choosing to show love for God or show love for people, one of the two. So my encouragement comes from obedience. Look what it says in the scripture, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. Let's read that together. Ready? May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Did you catch that? So we're in the moment. We could get exploited by pressure and suggestion, but instead of feeling our way into an action that we know is right, we faith it. We faith our way into an action that we know shows love for God and people, right? And you know, you have to train yourself at that, where you do it by faith. You because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But after you act in faith, it pleases God, and he lets you know that you've pleased him, right? It's just like any test. And it's like, well, let's see how he does, you know? Because you don't grow without being tested, Amen. There's no growth without commitment. There's no commitment without testing, right? So you may believe something, but we'll see if you really believe it when, you, when, we, when you're put under a test and you obey, right? And I love the picture that's painted in Hebrews chapter 12 on this whole theme of my encouragement comes through obedience, all right? Let's read that together. Ready? No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Let's unpack that for a second. I want you to circle while it is happening Versus afterward, right on the top line. Circle while it is happening, and then circle the word afterward, and draw a line connecting the two. While stuff is happening, that's when you're feeling stuff. That's when you're, you know, Satan's like, hey, listen to your feelings, listen to your feelings, listen to your feelings, listen to your feelings. Don't listen to that faith, listen to your feelings, all right? And that's the problem with a lot of Christian men, men who claim faith, but their God is their feelings. And in the moment, you know, that's why people get confused. They're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's coming again. I believe God gave me a purpose on this earth. I believe the Bible's the word of God, you know? But in the moment, I substitute my, my faith for how I feel. And that's how culture lives. That's not how the man of Christ lives. Because when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, was he feeling like getting tortured? Read Matthew 26, 36 to 40, and you'll see a guy who definitely did not want to go through with what God was asking him to do, but he went through with what God was asking him to, to do in obedience. And then the Bible says, after the crucifixion comes resurrection and glory, right? Right? And if that's true of Jesus, it's going to be true of you. You're going to say like, Jesus, can you, is there a plan B? You're going to say that. It's like, is there any other way to do this except for to do the hard thing? And God's going to go, nope, not for you, because you're a man of God. And you're being made into the image of the Son of God. So like the Son of God, you're going to say, can you take this cup from me? Yet not my will be done, but your will be done. Okay, some of you are there right now, all right? And I just want to encourage you. You're never more like Christ than when you're being obedient to Christ. You're never more like Christ than when you're obedient to Christ under the pressure to do the hard thing. So my encouragement comes from obedience. Now, I love line two because it says, line one says, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living. So you see the prize after you pay the price, there's a peaceful harvest of right living. When? Afterward. I go to the gym uh, three times a week, and I, meet, I see on Fridays this guy named Rod. And Rod was a defensive back at Notre Dame. And, uh, and so right, right before we start the workout and we walk in, we, we, we do a little fist bump, and we say, afterward. You know what we're saying? We're saying, we're going to do this, and afterward, we're going to feel great. But that's what we say. We borrow this word right from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, afterward, because we're training. And you know, you have to train yourself to think like that. No, I'm not going to feel it right now. I'm going to faith it right now. But afterward, I like the way I feel afterward. And you got to kind of go to the future and just go, hey, after I do this hard thing, I'm going to feel great about this, this thing over here. And then look at the connection. So take a new grip, new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. So after obedience, there's a strengthening that happens. And then it says this, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. People are watching and gaining strength from you when you obey. Wow. Who is on the other end and on the other side of your obedience to Christ? Who's watching? Coworkers. Wives, children. You know, Kobe Bryant passed this week. You know where he was? And this is the most underreported aspect of the whole travesty. He was taking communion with his daughter before he got on that helicopter. Wow. So they got a big day. They got travel plans. They're getting a helicopter. They're traveling to a basketball tournament. But you know, Kobe had to lead He was a leader on the court. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows he loved his girls. But you know what he did? He said, you know, Gianna, we're going to church. And we're going to take communion before this basketball tournament. You know, I don't know the substance of Kobe's faith, but I see what he did there. And he's obedient. And you know what? On the other end of his obedience, his daughter was watching. You know, so my encouragement comes from obedience And there is a multiplying effect on other people as we choose faith under pressure and suggestion not to choose it, and they get strengthened seeing us choose obedience. All right, number four. My encouragement rescues me from sin's control. Wow, how does that work? All right, well, the Bible says in Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 14, it says this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you, listen, has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So there's a threat, right? That's a threat for you this morning. You can go from a believer and having a believing heart to a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. How? How do we see to it? that that never happens. Let's finish the verse together, starting with the word but. Ready? But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly. That's endurance. And along the journey, people are gonna get picked off. That's why the Bible warns it. It's like, hey, see to it. You don't say, hey, see to it that none of you get picked off unless people are getting picked off, right? So they're on their journey and they're getting picked off and Satan is exploiting their negative emotions and feelings and circumstances and earth to just say, hey, you know what? There's no purpose in all of this. As you can see, it's, it's rolling on. You can just bail. And then they, to feel better, they turn to sin while they're here on earth. And the Bible says that When we're encouraged and we load up on encouragement, all right, through God's word, from other believers, from our own obedience, there is a power that is broken. It's a power of sin in your life. Wow. And there's some of us right now. I know, because I battle this. You ever been kind of like, it's like blood-borne. It's just like in your system. It's like in your blood. It's in your mind. It's in your thinking. You're just like, man, I do not want to serve others. I don't want to serve God. I'm, I really want to dive into this, okay? But encouragement, your, your encouragement, you being here, you getting into God's word, you faithing it until you feel it, that breaks the power of sin's deceitfulness. You know the little lawyer on the other side of your shoulder? Not the one that tells you to do what God wants you to do, but you know, the other, the chump, as I call him, right? And the chump is suggesting things. You know, the more you listen to the, to the chump, you get hardened. The more you choose the chump, the world, the flesh, or the devil, what those three voices say, you'll get hardened to God and a wall will build. And you know, God still loves you, but there's going to have to be a hard reckoning because the wall has gotten so high and so thick, you know? And some of you are there right now. So instead of that, right, instead of God just going, all right, didn't listen to this, 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 and this, so now we're going to, he got to experience a measured amount of pain to get the message, because I still love him, all right? How about we get encouraged and we do it in, our, in each other's lives? All right, number five, my encouragement, write this down, is reciprocal and powerful, is reciprocal and powerful. Now we're talking about, hey, I need encouragement for the journey. Um, This is how I get it. This is what happens, and I receive it, and it empowers me to continue on in the faith, but guess what, it's not supposed to stay in me, it's supposed to go through me to another person. The average man has five close friends In his life. Men's health study, 6,000 men. The average man has five close friends in his life. He sees those close friends, 75% of them see them every week. So you, you got a built in audience, guys. All right. Then there's your second and third and fourth circles of people. All right. So you're getting encouraged in God. All right. And it's supposed to be reciprocal and you're supposed to give it away. Now, there's a great picture of a moment and a man of encouragement, and him taking what God has given him and giving it away. So let me give you the context. There's a group of new people, of new Gentile Christians, not Jews who believed in Christ, but now it's going to the world. And the first place it went to was Antioch, all right? So it's like, hi, Kenny Luck, reporting to you live from Antioch. Um, Gentiles have believed in Jesus. And we're tracking the news here, and, 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 and we've heard that, that Barnabas is being sent here. So we pick up the story here in Acts chapter 11. It says, news of this, the Gentiles believing in Christ, reached the church in Jerusalem. So the home base hears that this whole thing that Jesus said would happen is happening the gospel is going to the world. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived he saw and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Let's finish it together. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now, if you know anything about Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. Right? But his actual name was Joseph. His name, Barnabas, was a nickname the disciples gave him because he was an encourager. So, you know, just, you know, you're sitting around at your table and say, hey, you know that guy named Barnabas? I mean, you know that guy named Joseph from Cyprus? Oh, yeah, that dude's so encouraging. All right? Well, God saved him, right? This journey that we were talking about, how salvation came from God to Joseph from Cyprus, he started learning God's ways. He started getting excited. He got inspired in God. And guess what? He started inspiring other people, All right? And so he's part of this new community, and they're like, wow, something really great happened. Who are we gonna send? Well, we gotta send the encourager over to them and because Barnabas, as it says, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And then look at the result of him reciprocally giving away what God has given him. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord through in the encourager who showed up and who entered the space. You know, as a man of God, do you realize that you are an ambassador of encouragement? That's part of your mission. People, when they walk away from you, should not feel heavier. They should feel lighter. Why? Because you're on this journey. You're enduring, you know, earth together, but you have this special encouragement and salvation and work going on in your life. Henry, Henry Beecher said this, a helping word to one in trouble is like a switch on a railroad track. Got the picture? An inch between wreck and smooth. Lever gets pulled. Wreck and smooth. Prosperity and adversity. What a great picture. A helping word. Who needs a helping word from you? Do people walk away from you lighter or heavier? Are you an encourager or are you a discourager? All right. God is saying to us that we need encouragement, but that encouragement is not meant to just kind of come into us and we're takers. All right. No, we're givers. Why? Because God has given us eternal encouragement through Christ. All right. And lastly, write this down My encouragement flows from a strong connection. To Christ. You can say, Jesus is the vine and I'm the branch. Jesus is a vine of encouragement who gives me encouragement as the branch, and the branch bears the fruit of encouragement because it reflects the source, right? Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 together. Ready? Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort uh, from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. So circle encouragement and then circle being united with Christ and connect the two. You want encouragement today? You need to be united with Christ. Can I just ask you a really personal question? How is that for you today? You feel united with Christ? You know, like on a basketball team when things are clicking. You know? It's a difference between being together and in the same uniform and united. Right? 49ers are united. <laughs> yeah. They're united. All right. They just don't have a uniform on, they're just not out together. They're clicking, man. Same with the Chiefs right? I mean, they're united. They're clicking, you know? And the most united teams and clicking teams are in the Super Bowl, right? But, you know, we need to assess our relationship with Christ. Are we affiliated to Jesus, or are we united with Jesus? You see, when we're united with Christ, encouragement flows to us from him. And the encouragement that flows to us from him then can be given away. So the way the the encouragement in this passage is set up is be united with Christ and receive from Christ encouragement and the encouragement of his comfort and the encouragement of his love and the encouragement of his fellowship and the encouragement of his tenderness and the encouragement of his compassion. You receive all those things. And then there's this transitional word. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same encouraging Love, comfort, fellowship, tenderness, and compassion, being one in spirit and mind. So it's just like, it's reciprocal, all right? I'm united with Christ, Christ gives me this, and then I give it away, all right? You know what the greatest tragedy is with Christians? Is that grace and encouragement receiving Christians become judgmental destroyers. Where they become analysts, and, and, and critical and judgmental and nitpickers. You know, I've read this book many, 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 many times over 36 years, and nitpicking is not a spiritual gift. <laughs> Can I just tell you that? And don't you love hanging around nitpickers? Don't they make you just feel great, you know? Things are going really well, and they find the one thing that's going wrong, you know? And it's not about really what they identify that is wrong. It's about them, right? Right? And I got a question, you know, how united to Christ are you when you're a nitpicker? Because Christ encourages, Christ gives comfort, Christ gives grace and tenderness and compassion to us because he knows we're on a journey and he gives it to us and then we receive it and what do we give away? Who on the other side of your life needs you united with Christ and receiving from Christ so that you can give it away in your family, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, maybe even in another country. Wow. So, got a couple questions for you. Two questions, and this is just for you. No one's gonna, there's no right or wrong answer. No one's gonna look at your paper. All right. Are you encouraged today? Are you encouraged? All right. And you got a scale from one to ten. One is, no, I'm not. I'm discouraged. And ten is, I'm really encouraged all right? And then most likely, you're probably somewhere in the middle, a lot of us. But you know what? Even though 90% of life is kind of like peanut butter and jelly ups and downs, some of us might be on the margins. Some of us might, today, we might be riding that wave, you know, and we rejoice and we thank God. Others of us, we're, on, we're under pressure and suggestion, and maybe even we've taken the suggestion and dove into sin. And we're discouraged, all right? Second question is Are you an encourager? Because are you encouraged? And then are you an encourager? And I'm not saying Are you a Pollyanna, you know, always happy, you know, like, Praise the Lord, it's a great day, how are you? Sun is shining, you know, not one of those weirdos. <laughs> but like, if I pulled people around you and I said, Gary, an encourager? Mark, an encourager. Dave, an encourager. Bill, an encourager. Dan, an encourager. JP, an encourager. What would they say? Being around that man, but you walk away and they just feel a little bit lighter. Doesn't encouragement lift your spirit? And, you know, and let me tell you this encouraging words carry lots of power and they cost you very little. Are you an encourager? But you know, to be an encourager, here's the key. You gotta possess encouragement. The Bible says, I possess encouragement by being united with Christ. So there's our question, all right? If you're not encouraged today and you rated yourself on the lower side and you feel discouraged, get around God's word, God's people, God's new community, the church, his, you know, this Bible study. And load up in some of the ways that we've outlined this morning. If you are not an encourager, you need to be united with Christ. You need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you kind of thought you were connected to Jesus, but if we evaluate it in the way that relationships are evaluated, like time and talk and all those things, you're low on relationship with Jesus. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus. And you're here and you're going, you know what? I've never said yes to the person of Jesus. He's God and the work of Jesus. He died on a cross for you so that you can make your way to God and to heaven and be forgiven and have purpose. And part of his purpose for you is to be an encourager and this is your day, all right? Robbie Zacharias says, what you applaud, you encourage. Be careful what you celebrate. Do you celebrate Jesus? Because he's the ultimate encouraging man, isn't he? And if you don't know him, I'm going to give you a chance to invite him in. If you walked away from him, I'm going to give you a chance to just kind of put on your blinker and make a U-turn and come back with power to him. Let's bow our heads right now. Let's put down our pencils wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, whatever walk you're on, whatever coffee shop you're in right now, whatever church you're in, I want you to Put yourself in the presence of Christ, because he's here. He's here. And you might just want to say, Jesus, thank you for being encouraging to me. Thank you for, in the Garden of Gethsemane, choosing sacrifice over comfort so that my sins could be forgiven, so that I could find my purpose for living so that I could have a home in heaven. And once again, I just commit myself to you. I receive you. I welcome you into my life. God, I want to be encouraged. I need your encouragement right now. And so I'm doing what the Bible says. I'm uniting myself with you. I need your comfort. I need your love. I need to feel you in my life. I need to share in your spirit. God, I need your compassion right now because I'm struggling. And then, Lord, as I think about the kind of man I want to be, I want to be the kind of man that gives the same thing away. So come into my life. Change me from the inside out today. And because you love me and because you comfort me and because you encourage me so much, help me to give that away. Help me to bring joy to someone else's life. And love other people the same sacrificial way you love me. Thank you for your grace this morning. Thank you for your truth. Fill me with your spirit. And then flow out of me to bless and serve other people. In Christ's name we pray. And God's men said, amen.